Whoever you are, wherever you're from, you're welcome to Bear Country. Glad you could come. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. I am your host, Phil Gonzalez, and I am a filth pig. I am the filthiest man. I worked out and then I didn't take a shower and decided to just jump right into this because the house is empty. That's right, there's nobody in the house but me. And as you know, when the cat's away, the mouse will record a podcast episode about the Berenstain Bears. That's right, we are back with the Berenstain Bears on Deep in Bear Country, as opposed to the other episodes where I don't do the Berenstain Bears, I guess. Uh, hello to all my listeners, hello to all my viewers. If you're watching this on YouTube, just a reminder, you can watch all my new hour episodes on YouTube, watch me gad about and wiggle in my head, because that's pretty much all I do, and I also maybe show you some pages from the book. But... You know, if you can't watch on YouTube because you're busy or you're doing things or you like to listen to this while you're driving, then fine. Whatever. I'm not going to, like, blame you for the way your life is. Uh, but hello, I'm Phil Gonzalez. And this week we've got a very special book because it's, 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 uh, I mean, I guess it, in my mind, this was a very special book because, and I kind of put off, I was like, oh, I, I'm going to have to do my homework before I, before I cover this book. But it, not really. Like, I reread it, and I was like, oh, no, this is actually just a fairly basic book for children, as opposed to all the complicated Berenstain Bears books that I have to do a lot of research for. But no, this is really uh, a pretty straightforward book, kind of a little travelogue. I remember when this book was coming out, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you wouldn't know, but correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I believe Mike Berenstain actually gave us the heads up on this book coming out, because it was kind of a special one. I'm either... Either that or I'm conflating it with something that Brad Mariska was talking about around the time. We were excited about this book, though, because we, to us, this book was going to be sort of a sort of a clean slate, or a, not even a clean slate. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, a, this book was going to answer a lot of questions that we had about the nature of of bear country in general. Uh, we thought I don't know why we thought this. I don't know why we thought this was going to function as some sort of like reboot or like reset or like like if if you're new to the series here's a good place to begin i have no idea why we thought that uh because this week's book is mike berenstain's the berenstain bears welcome to bear country that's right this is a book that gives pride of place and prominence to the area we know as bear country the sort of general the general area of bear country, uh, and and it and it and it features as its main like focal characters, Tex, who we've only met a few times. We've visited Tex and Mayor Honeypot, unusually enough. And if you look at the cover, you see Farmer Ben's farm, you see the Bear family's house, you see the Bear Country School, you see Bear Town, like there in the background. You see, uh, you see what looks to be like the honey tree. You see Big Paw up in his cave. You just sort of see all of Bear Country, or all of all of Bear Country as we've come to know Bear Country. Uh, will all these things be featured in this in this week's book? We don't know yet. I mean, I know, but we don't know as a, as a family. We don't know as a group, as a listeners. You're not my family. 
I mean, you are my family in that I don't ever talk to you. Like my extended family. You're like my extended family in that I have very little to do with you. Uh, not because I don't, I dislike you, just because I'm very bad at long distance relationships. Like I, I, if you don't exist with, if you're not in front of me, I, I tend to forget you're there. Uh, so whatever. You're like my family, I guess, because I haven't called you. So I guess you're like my, my family. Uh, welcome to Bear Country. It's a Mike Berenstein joint. And again, we were excited about this one. This was this was going to change everything. Did it change everything? No. Now, I own this book. I have a physical copy of it. Actually, I bought my physical copy of it last month. I thought I owned it, and then I realized I didn't. Which, I guess that's the way ownership works in general. I, I thought I had it, didn't have it. Ended up having to buy it. Now, this book is another one of those strange ones. It, it's, it exists in this weird zone where it doesn't exist as an ebook. There's no electronic copy of Welcome to Bear Country. So I had to get a scan of it. Now, I could have scanned it myself like last time, but I am lazy and did not want to do that. So instead, I found a scan of it on YouTube and, and ripped it. That's just the way I work. Should I credit the person who initially scanned it? I don't, is that a thing? Like they didn't, this isn't their work. They didn't create the, the book, Welcome to Bear Country. That is totally Mike Berenstain. So it's just a scan. Somebody provided, not even a scan. They didn't provide a scan. I had to like do the, the leg, the groundwork and never mind. This doesn't matter. I just wanted you to know why the scan is bad. Because if I had scanned it, it would have been much better. Uh, but the proportions are off. It's weird. It doesn't look very good. In any case, we're talking about Welcome to Bear Country. Uh, and uh, let's talk about it. Because it's a, it's not the revelation we were hoping it would be, but it's an interesting book nonetheless. So we start right off with uh, with Tex. Tex is there. He's already there. No one. There's no lead up to it. There's no like, let's get ready for Tex to be here. This is about, like, Tex is there, uh, he lives in a ranch way out west. I'm going to assume because his name is Tex, he lives in Texas. Uh, it, I mean, we know he lives in Texas. Uh, the, he lives on a ranch, the bar, the, the B-Bar X, I believe that's, I believe that's what it's always been, the B-Bar X Ranch. Babar, Babar X, maybe it's an elephant ranch, don't know. Uh, the finest ranch, though, from Rio Grande to Abilene, so yeah, he lives in Texas. But he'd never been to bear country, so in this continuity this is Texas first time in bear country uh which as of the as of this reading of the book bear country is again just the area around bear town I guess sometimes sometimes bear country is the entire nation sometimes it is just the the geographical region in which our bears live uh but what's weird about okay so what's weird about this is there he's like well I've never been Oh, it's so fun. I, I can't. Well, all of a sudden, I can't do a Texas accent. Well, I live in. I'm from Texas. There's no such thing as a Texas accent, by the way. Texas is huge. There's many, many different regional accents. Uh, but let me see if I'm gonna do a Texas accent. He lives in a Tex, a Texas. He lives in a ranch way out west. Well, it's the finest ranch you ever seen. No, that's not even a good Texas accent. How, I can't do it. I can't do a tech. I can't do a Texas accent. I can't do it on demand. Sorry. It's the finest ranch you've ever seen, he said. From the Rio Grande to Abilene. Is this book based on a pre-existing book? Because that is a rhyming line, if ever I heard one, because it rhymes. It is not just. It doesn't just rhyme. It's the finest ranch you've ever seen. From the Rio Grande to Abilene. That has to be lifted. What is that lifted from? Brad, Jeremy, anyone? What's that lifted from? 
if you're listening to this, is Becca, what's it lifted from? Somebody tell me, please. What's wild, though, is he's like, you know, I've never been here before. And they were like, we'll get Mayor Honeypot to show you around. Have you ever contacted the mayor of your city to show your guests around? Question. Is this a thing I'm I'm not privy to behavioral-wise? Have you ever been like, oh, I have a guest in town. Hello, mayor? Is that a thing? Like, I wouldn't think, does the mayor know their way around your city better than you do? Is that a, like, the mayor is not the chamber of commerce. The mayor is not like the, like the tourist board. I don't know. What am I looking for? The tourism board? The mayor is the mayor is the mayor, and the mayor has a work to do. The mayor has a job to do. Plus, the mayor honeypot's incredibly corrupt. We know this. We'll ask Mayor Honeypot to show you around. Good idea, said Mama. The mayor knows everything there is to know about Bear Country. Again, not the case. The mayor is only their job is to like over like oversee city council. Like there's city council, and then there's the mayor. We know that Bear Country Bear we know their town has a city council. I don't know. Why would the mayor, in any case, the mayor show, they go to the mayor. So they go to town hall, which of course is where the mayor lives, I guess. They only call him, wait. Okay, Mayor Honeypot. They call him Mr. Mayor. Uh, He shakes Tex's hand. Howdy, said Tex. And we see uh, Handy Bear hardware, which is great. Because growing up, we had Handy Dan's hardware, which was in our town. Uh, Handy Dan was was the local uh, hardware store, and then it became Handy Dan's Ace Hardware, I guess, when they, like, either got bought out or whatever. You know how Ace Hardware has, like, uh, what's it called? Um, franchises. And then you can call your franchise. You don't see, like, Allen's McDonald's. It's just McDonald's. And you don't know who the franchiser, the franchise owner is. But Ace Hardware, like, you, you see an Ace Hardware, and they have, like, t- like names. So it'd be like, Phil's Ace Hardware. Well, this is, we had Handy Dan's Hardware Store, and then it became Handy Dan's Ace Hardware. This is Handy Bear Hardware. I assume at some point it'll get bought out or they'll buy a franchise. I don't know how it works. And then that'll become Handy Dan's Ace Hard, Handy Bear's Ace Hardware. Now we had a, we have a, a, a hardware store right by my house, which was so-and-so's Ace Hardware. But then it got bought out by a massive conglomerate. And the Ace got taken off of it. So now it's just their hardware store. So it kind of went in the reverse of Handy Dan. This is very exciting. Uh, what I, I guess what I, the point I'm trying to make is a lot of the mom and pop stores in our area are actually getting bought out by massive like national and multinational chain, like conglomerates. These There's these companies. They're not even like some are based in like Germany that buy up mom and pop businesses in small towns but keep the name and the look of the mom and pop business. So it looks like you're going to a locally owned business, but you're actually just going to a store that's owned by a massive, in in any case, this is my rant. I guess what I'm saying is you can't trust anyone. In any case, Mayor's like, I'm going to show you around in my fine, long lavender limousine, Uh, which I'm like, okay, that was bought with taxpayer money. He's like, I'm going to show you around Beartown. So again, in this book, in this continuity, Bear Country is just the region. Bear Town is the town. So he shows them around town. They stop up at the train station first. Don't know why. Uh, I forget that Bear Town has a train station that is literally a steam locomotive, which is weird because Texas is like, well, it looks like the railway depot back home. I'm like, yeah, because this is a steam locomotive, like powered by coal. Like there's a coal bin right behind the the engineer like the, the engine, but like the the bears in it, like one the first bear is like has like Beats by Dre on. Uh, also, 
Okay, so we see, so the, the premise of this book is they're showing Tex around bear country, and Tex is unimpressed by, like, literally everything. So Tex lives, I guess, in Grizzly Gulch, and there's a train that pulls up, so he's like, ah, it looks like the railroad, railway depot back home, which I can understand that because it's just a steam locomotive. However, what's funny is, so there's a, there's a, there's a, like, a bar that goes down so that you don't drive into the train. In front of the bar that goes down are two police officers, Officer Marguerite and Police Chief Bruno, working as, like, traffic wardens. Like, standing in front of the bar and directing traffic. Officer Marguerite is holding a stop sign and blowing a whistle. Police Chief Bruno is holding out his hand in that police chief way. He could be running between the legs of another of a football player and slapping their boys, but he's not. He's This is not a I'm running with a football gesture. It is a I am the chief of police for some reason working as a traffic cop gesture. Why did two... There is a railway wigwag or whatever it's called with like the railroad crossing with lights blinking there's an arm that goes down why do we need to pay two police officers to stand in front of what i'm saying is the bear town police force is overfunded because if you're paying two cops one of whom is the chief of police to just direct traffic in front of a traffic bar and a railroad wigwag then why yeah they have too much money fortunately they're there to introduce themselves to tex uh, and Tex is unimpressed by the Beartown police force because he's like, ah, back home, Marshal Bruin keeps an eye on things. And we see Marshal Bruin, the, the, Tex lives in the 1890s because the jailhouse is like, not only does he live in like the 1890s, from the illustrations, he lives in like Crazy Cat's world because the jailhouse is a like German expressionistic, like not cube, it's the, the it's this sort of, a uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari-esque strange-shaped building with, like, jailhouse written in, in broken letters across the top. We see a rattlesnake. We see cacti. And we see Marshall Bruin, who I guess, like, arrested a couple horn swagglers and snozz wanglers and sidewinders. Got them by the scrubs of their necks. In any case, uh, Cousin Tex lives in another world, another country, another land. Uh, then they're off to the Bearsonia Institution, like from one thing to the other. You've seen how we travel, steam locomotive. You've seen how we enforce the law. Now let's see how we learn. Takes in to meet Professor Actual Factual. We have many exhibits, dinosaur fossils, historic aircraft, precious gems, and the gallery of great bear art. So it's, the, again, the Bearsonian. And as you remember, uh, he's the only employee. Actual Factual is the is the curator. He is the exhibit specialist. He finds all the exhibits. He digs the bones by hand. He puts everything together. Uh, we see we have a little like uh, what is that? Vermeer girl with the pearl earring. Uh, the, it's a bear though. We have we have Rodin's thinker. We have giant dinosaur skeletons. All this procured by Actual Factual. All of it's procured by actual factual. And of course, the Bersonian has like a perch for a giant bird. It has a it has a castle, like turrets, it has uh, a windsock, it has a a, 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 a sky like a, a telescope, it has everything. It's it is just science land. Uh now Tex is like, golly! Well, there's not much like this back home, just like the just the Western History Museum. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right here and say Texas has a lot of museums. Texas has a lot of incredible museums. 
Uh, Houston in, alone has uh, incredible science museums, uh, natural history museums, uh, just uh, so many beautiful art museums. The Menil Collection alone is one of the most amazing art museums in the United States. A, a work, a modern art museum that just blows you away. There's a lot in Houston, Texas. Uh, Texas in general... There's an abundance, even in the more rural areas. If you go to West Texas, there's still a lot of museums and a lot of great history. It's not just, I don't know, in any case. D Texas is a very problematic place, but the people who care about history, they care about history. The people who care about learning, care about learning. There's a lot of great museums in Texas. Don't let Tex fool you. Well, I was the Western History Museum. Oh, what's on exhibit there? Well, they have the disguise that Billy the Cub wore while robbing the bank of Fort Grizzly. Now, what's funny is he says they have the disguise that Billy the Cub wore while robbing the bank at Fort Grizzly. And we see that he's wearing like Groucho Marx glasses. Ha ha. And then we see the exhibit with the Groucho Marx glasses. Ha ha. But the label on the exhibit says Billy the Bear, not Billy the Cub. So either Mike screwed up or he corrected himself but forgot to correct the image. I don't know. Mike, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, what's the deal? Did Billy the Cub not get killed as a young man and instead grow up to be Billy the Bear? We don't know. And we never will know because he's not going to answer that question. Mike, was this an honest mistake or is there a deeper meaning? I don't know. Golly, said Professor. Impressed, it says, even though I doubt it. Uh, then he's like, and then they're like, hey, Tex, okay, you're not impressed with our museum? How about our conspicuous consumption? Here's another impressive sight, said the mayor. Squire Grizzly's mansion. Oh, my stars, said Tex. Quite a sizable spread. So the squire and Lady Grizzly, who are, of course, the robber barons of Beartown, they are the massively corrupt couple. Well, I guess... Lady Grizzly used to be like a showgirl. She married into money. We know this from the from the chapter books. Uh, Squire Grizzly, though, like just a robber baron, uh, has stripped bear country of its natural resources. He owns so much of the land. He keeps Papa Bear in business because he's the only person who asks him to build furniture. Uh, but the they are the, it's Squire Grizzly. He's a bad person. He is in cahoots with the mayor. He is in cahoots with. Uh, Raffish Ralph, he is, he's not a good person. I mean, just the fact that he has a mansion on a hill is, is an indication that he's not a good person. Uh, he, just the fact that he wears a monocle and carries a riding crop wherever he goes is an indication that he's not a good person. Uh, but he, they decide, hey, come on in, Tex, random stranger, relative of people I don't associate with. Uh, come look around my house. Look at the hall hung with paintings. These are the portraits of my ancestors, said Squire Grizzly proudly. Uh, land sakes, said Tex. This fellow here looks like my great uncle Dink who wrestled a mountain lion and thought its tail into... Whoa, that's disgusting. So... This feller here looks like my great-uncle Zeke, who wrestled a mountain lion and tied its tail into a necktie. So we, what we see is, we, we see an image of, of Uncle Zeke in the, in the process of choking the life out of a mountain lion. And how do we know he's killing the mountain lion? Because we also see a portrait of Uncle Zeke with the mountain lion's tail as his necktie. He is... He has, so he's wrestling the mountain lion. He has his, he has his, uh, his arm around the mountain lion's neck. And the lion's eyes are like going in opposite directions, like separate directions from one another. Like 
just the mountain lion is dying in the image. He is, he's, he is either choking out the mountain lion or he is about to twist the mountain lion's head and snap its neck. One of the two. Sorry to be so graphic, but that's all that can be happening in this photo. Then he's going to sever the mountain lion's tail. I assume remove the bone from the mountain lion's tail so we have just a floppy piece of flesh and fur. Because you can't tie it into a tie if it has its bone in it. Get a taxidermist or somebody to turn this into a a flop like a a uh something that's like manipulatable. Tie it around his neck and turn it into just a dark chapter in Te- cousin Tex's history, I guess. Uh, he wrestled a mountain lion and tied its tail into a necktie. My stars," said Lady Grizzly, who for some reason is dressed like a Capulet. It's weird. She's wearing a weird outfit, like a pillbox hat. With like a scarf tied around it. Maybe she has a toothache. I don't know. Uh, but then they're off. Back beyond Grizzly Hall is a classic scene of bear country. Let's look at their peace and plenty. It's Farmer Ben's farm. And there's the treehouse. So in the on the cover of the book, we saw Farmer Ben's farm, of course, right next to the treehouse, which is as it is. Uh, but now the treehouse is like over several hills. So bear country in general seems to be like... Uh, Roland Deschain's Midworld from Stephen King's Dark Tower series. And Roland Deschain's Midworld, uh, Midworld is is this sort of like uh, post-apocalyptic, n- like neo-renaissancey, dark agesy, King Arthur-esque Western land with castles, but cowboys, but also machinery that you can't if as you walk across it. Time and distance are malleable. Like, they change. You can't map it. You can't time it because no matter what you do, it's going to change. It's going to just move around you. What was a mile away yesterday is going to be 10 miles away the next day. And that's what bear country seems to be. It's 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 uh, a fever dream of a community because no matter what you do, Farmer Ben's farm is going to be as far away from the bear country, the bear family's treehouse, as you need it to be. Uh... He's like, and, and sister's like, look, that's our treehouse. And Tex is like, well, it certainly is a pretty picture. Reminds me of my own ranch land back home. We have a few more cows, of course. We get it, Tex. You're unimpressed by everything. We get it. You don't have to say it every single time. I'm a little frustrated by old, by old cousin Texas here. We get it. Uh, now, this is my favorite part because this is this is where I want... Okay, Mike has created something here. I want more of this. So, Mayor Honeypot's getting a little frustrated. Now, it's not, it doesn't say this in the book, but in my mind, he has to be. Because Tex is like, I'm unimpressed. And he's like, fine. Let's go into the deep, dark woods. So, first we pass the classic spooky... The, the great spooky forest. We're in the great spooky forest. Why, this is the great spooky forest, says Papa. That's right, says the mayor. The home of... And they all say this together. And this is a little tip of the hat to readers. The spooky old tree. This is the book that everyone says. This is the book that terrified them as a kid. And I understand why. Because we see the spooky old tree. It is a monster. Literally just a being with like claws. It's the tree from Poltergeist, basically. It's a, it's an animate tree. It has eyes. It has a mouth. It has claws. The spooky old tree, they say, shivering. Hmm. And then Cousin Tex has the audacity. 
to yawn, and he says, Pretty spooky. A little like the vast haunted desert back home, but not as scary. And the picture Mike has drawn for the vast haunted desert, probably the greatest thing he's ever drawn in his life. Mike, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, more of this. Please give us a Berenstain Bears book set in the vast haunted desert. Just go full out. Give us a Halloween book that is legit weird horror. I'm reading a lot of weird horror right now for It's Del Toro time. And give me something like this. Give me this fever dream. Give me this, like, Styx-esque or Robert Chambersy just nightmare of a locale where the land... Like, give me this Algernon Blackwood-esque landscape of horror. Where even the, the very trees cannot be trusted. Where you turn your back, you turn around, and the trees' faces are there. Or then they're gone. I want something dangerous. I want the bears not to be confronting their own imaginations, but to be confronting a landscape, something like we've gotten in the chapter books before, where we're not really sure if we're in a magical realm or not. Give me that. I want to be unnerved again by the Berenstain Bears. Write me one last chapter book that's just horror. Give me In the Shadow of Mount Grizzly. Give me weird fiction set in bear town, in bear country, and I will be a happy boy. I'm a happy boy. Uh, That's my screed. So then they go to Giant Bat Cave, which we remember. We don't know if it's a giant bat cave or if it's a cave of giant bats. Ha ha. It's one of my funny, it's one of the, it's, I like, I actually like that. Uh, we get, learn what stalagmites and stalactites are again. Uh, we see the giant bats. And of course, Tex is unimpressed because there are plenty of bat dwellings back home. Makes me think of the old cliff dwellings back home. Plenty of bats there, mighty big ones. I guess he lives, he does live in far west Texas. We because these are like, we, we, we see these, these cliff dwellings, uh, uh, uh sort of like Anasazi dwellings. They don't say that, but these are not artificial. These are artificial dwellings, like made into the side of a mountain uh, from some long disappeared culture in West Texas, probably like eastern New Mexico into New Mexico uh, or whatever they have in bear country. Um, Texas unimpressed, but those are some pretty impressive dwellings. So he's not impressed with the bats. He's not impressed by the haunted woods. Well, here we are in Great Grizzly Gorge. Have you ever seen anything so spectacular? And points to Cousin Tex. He has. He's seen the Grand Canyon. Like, whatever they call the Grand Canyon. Like, And I, I'm going to say, yeah, Great Grizzly Gorge probably looks neat when you're standing in it. But it's the Grand Canyon, my, my dudes. Like, that's a pretty grand. That's why they call it that. It's a pretty grand canyon. And I know I haven't been saying this for the people listening at home, but... Uh, the illustrations in this book are spot on. I do, like, this is Mike reveling in getting to draw different different places in Bear Town. A lot of these that he drew uh, for the chapter books. Like, a lot of this is stuff that was established in chapter book form. Those illustrations, uh, Squire Grizzly's Mansion, um, you know, the Bearsonian, like the, the ins and outs of the Bearsonian, things like that. We saw a lot of this in those books. So it's nice to be able to see him put them back into a into a storybook. Uh, and then we end, of course, on where it all began. Like the great, here's the beginning. And this is what we thought 
I think we were going to get with with the with the uh, with the book in general. I thought I think what we, what we thought was going to be was sort of this like tour through the history of of the Berenstain Bears books, and uh, we don't quite get that, but we do end at the beginning of the Berenstain Bears book, which is at the old honey tree. Uh, from the Berenstain Bears Big Honey Hunt, we get this massively strange tree. This sort of like, I'm not even going to say what it looks like. I'm not going to say what it looks like because this is a family show. But if you're looking at what it looks like, you know what it looks like. Uh, I'm just going to say it looks like a Guillermo del Toro tree and leave it at that. Uh, but let's say that if this was a symbolic tree, it would symbolize where we come from and where we come from uh it doesn't help that like i never mind there's just there's so much going there's this is this is so freudian um but it's the it's the big honey tree it's swarming with bees but it's also dripping with honey i don't know how these bees hives work um but they seem to just fill the tree with honey because it drips out of the openings i don't know why they do this but uh mayor honeypot has a faucet that he sticks into the side of the tree Turns it on and the honey just pours out into a golden honey pot, uh, which is weird because the, the the honey is just flowing freely. Uh, but of course, the bees do not appreciate this. As the sweet, golden, sticky honey oozes from the tree, the bees buzz out in an angry cloud. So they jump in their limousine and speed away, which is OK. Put the hood up like the, the top, like the, the top is down. Put the top up because there's bees coming at you. But in any case. It's fast enough for them to get away. Uh, Mayor Honeypot presents Cousin Tex with Bear Country's golden honey. And he is finally, finally impressed. Uh, he says, there's nothing back home that can hold a candle to this. But you know, be it ever so humble, there's no place like home. And they're like, haha, then why don't you go back there? No, they don't say that. We are welcome in our home anytime, the mayor says. Welcome to Bear Country. Thank you kindly. That's Welcome to Bear Country. Uh, the Baron St. Bear is Welcome to Bear Country. Not the book that I was hoping for, but still a very good book nevertheless. This is a fun book if you're a Berenstain Bears fan. If you have kids who like the Berenstain Bears, it sort of gives you a nice overview of the, of the, of the city and the, and the country. It's, a, it's an opportunity for Mike to uh, impress with his talents, which are many, which are vast. And uh, for us to enjoy Bear Country. Now, the cover of the book, I don't know if you remember, but but the cover features Big Paw. Like, very clearly features Big Paw. And I don't, I don't see Big Paw in this book. Um, I'm going to do another quick speed through it. No, don't see Big Paw. The closest we get to the supernatural is... is uh, is the haunted desert, but no Big Paw. So odd. Was Big Paw originally in this? Am I missing a page? Did I did I forget something? Uh, now I'm scared that like. Now I'm scared that I'm missing something. Uh. Well, in any case, uh. In any case, so in any way, in any who, in any time. Uh, that's, that's Welcome to Bear Country by Mike Berenstein. I'm sorry, I don't really have anything else to say. It's a good book. It's a good book. You gotta buy it. Pick yourself up a copy, I guess. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to this, if you enjoy watching this, if you enjoy watching me, uh, you can check out my other podcasts on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts, uh, right now on, uh, 
on what's it called? Um, Pizza Toast. Christy and I are covering. Whoops. Christy and I are. Right now on P I just I'm sorry if you're not watching this I just screwed up my little camera thing. Right now on Pizza Toast, Christy and I are covering the Twilight series. Behind me on my shelf is is my Twilight um, box set. I have I have the movies uh, as a as a Blu-ray box set. My Twilight Forever set, which I own. It's my pride and joy. It's not. Uh, right now it is set on on the Jacob side, Team Jacob. We just covered Twilight. Uh, the first book and movie. So if you if you are listening to this, uh, that that episode is out. We'll be covering New Moon next. If you're into that sort of thing, if not, you can probably listen to my other show. We're covering uh, the Repair of Reputations by Robert Chambers over on It's Del Toro Time. So there's something for everyone: kids' books, spooky books, books about kissing. Uh, right now, I'm covering them all. Twilight's a book about kissing. Not really that scary, but it's got some kissing in it. Uh, she can't kiss that vampire too much, or she will get murdered by that vampire. The typical teenage love story. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And I will see you all next time, deep in Bear Country.